There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Morenita, a deep dive into the Latinx experience. With Morenita, we want to create a community and a shared space with you while sharing knowledge and inspiration. This show is about celebrating our culture with guests who exemplify the best of us. I'm Darlene Castillo, y te invito. On today's show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Ashley De La Rosa. Ashley was born in Washington Heights, New York. She is a strong advocate for mindfulness, transformative justice, and cross-community building. As a member of the global majority, she wholeheartedly believes in addressing and eliminating the harm done by white supremacy within the theater industry and the world beyond. Her past credits include Rent, Beautiful the Carol King Musical, Mean Girls, and Broadway. And she is currently playing Peggy Mariah in the Anne Peggy Company of Hamilton. Ashley is also an ambassador for Broadway for Racial Justice, a member of the Sunrise Movement, Claim Our Space Now, and serves on the Artist Liaison Board of New City Music Theater. Today, Ashley and I are going to be talking about her background, representation, and a very interesting conversation about hair. Hello, Ashley. <laughs> Hi, how are you, Darlin? I'm good. Good morning <laughs> on my end for today. <laughs> yes, over here too. I'm in San Francisco um, right now. <laughs> what's going on out there? Uh, so I am happy to say I'm back at work. I'm back playing Peggy Schuyler and Mariah Reynolds. I don't know if you're familiar with those roles. Okay. <laughs> for, for people listening, I was actually Darylin's uh, replacement coming into this company when she spread her wings and moved over to a different company. So that's how we met. And um, I'm back. We shut down here um, over a year and a half ago um, on March 11th or March 13th. And we are the first Hamilton tour um, to open again. So it's been really great being the first. And it's also been, um, you know, scary. And we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And there are mm -hmm. still a lot of things that 
we have to figure out uh, for our safety and for the safety of others and just what it's like to be back doing a show. So it's kind of just a big like learn as you go type of thing. Um, but I am really happy to be back out here and, and have a job again for as long as as this pandemic allows me to. <laughs> I'm curious for some of our listeners, uh, what is your journey to the stage? How did you become a part of the entertainment industry? How did you get to Hamilton? for people that don't know your journey? I was born in Washington Heights and I grew up just loving to sing and dance and my parents encouraged that. And I did a couple of little, you know, commercial things as a kid. And then I moved to Florida with my parents and Mm. grew up there. And um, I got really involved in school and sports and that was pretty much my life. until my, what would be considered my junior year of college. So I went to um, a school called Wellesley College in Massachusetts and I went to study chemistry and I really wanted okay. to, yeah, okay, I, was, I was trying to be, you know, She said, um, chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and they also, they had a theater program, but I was just not interested. Um, but I did join an acapella mm. group, which is it's so cringy, but I loved that group and I met my <laughs> best friend there. Um, but listen, acapella is not a game. I mean, you got to have an ear for that. You have to have like a, a different kind of mindset in our world of music. It was so fun, but it was definitely like, at Wellesley, my only connection to performing. Um, mm. And it was, it's interesting. Like I either auditioned for it or heard about it probably like the second day that I was on campus because mm-hmm. auditions were very early. I think auditions were the first week. I was, there was still something in me that was like, I want to perform. I want to do something. And I don't think I had realized it yet. So I mm. did two years at Wellesley, but it didn't work out. So I ended up dropping out of school and moving back to New York. Um, I was teaching kids. I was teaching science at the summer program. I met my godmother's <laughs> favorite bartender. It was like, I went to this school called AMDA. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to go to four years of school. I'm in debt. Like I'm working at a restaurant <laughs> right now too. Like I can't go back to school. And The he was American like, dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> still, still paying off those loans. Um, but he was like, oh, it's a two-year program, girl. Like, get yourself right. So I went and it still was so expensive. <laughs> like, it yeah, was so yeah. expensive. Um, but it was only two years and it was in New York. So I was able to, like, form connections and relationships, like, professionally that um, sort of were able to set me up in a way that, I had my first job before I graduated. So I actually received a degree like while I was on the road, which was cool. I made my debut in Mean Girls on Broadway, which was cool. And then I went back yeah, to just beautiful. like super casual, <laughs> super casual. Like, yeah, that was kind of cool. Like that was, was who did, and who did you play in Mean Girls? I, I covered Regina George and Gretchen Wiener. So it was the first, um, and I think still maybe only, uh, Black Regina George. So yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, epic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, found my way to Hamilton all through that time. I was auditioning for Hamilton. I auditioned for three and a half years, three years, and um, finally got it. <laughs> we all have our different roles. Um, and I think something that is really 
amazing is, and I love watching you play your role, you know, in activism and how you've become such a pioneer in our community. Where was that switch for you? Where did that fire come from? And what was that feeling like for you? And and where is that leading you with now? That's a really good question. Um, Because I think it comes from a stigma of like creatives and athletes Mm. not being able, it's like, we have these talents and a lot of people will see them as things that like you're born with, or it's an extraordinary talent being able to sing or being able to play basketball. And and you forget like how many hours of work you put in to get to where you are. I started taking voice lessons when I was seven and I have tapes, like tapes of what my teacher would always record. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like I wasn't like Jojo. Like I wasn't like doing riffs and runs or even staying on pitch. Like I was just like, if I didn't Mm. have a teacher, I probably wouldn't have been singing because I was taught how to sing. Um, And just like I was taught how to dance and taught how to act. And we have so many other capabilities as human beings, not just like, oh yeah, I want to do something else. It's like, no, I can do something else. And I chose to do theater because this is where Mm -hmm. my passion lies right now. But it doesn't mean that I can't do anything else. And I think that a lot of people in the mainstream world that work more, you know, quote unquote, traditional jobs, they kind of Mm -hmm. look at us in in a separate world of like, oh, well, this is all that they can do. So therefore their opinions on real world things don't matter. And that's kind of where you get the, you know, just shut up and dribble. I I don't pay you to have an opinion type of thing. I guess there was never really a switch for me um, coming into like activism and, and advocating for people because that was something that I always grew up wanting Um, I went into chemistry with the hopes of turning it into a public health degree, which is another reason why Mm. I dropped out. So my school, I didn't know I wanted to do public health. I wanted to do international policy. I wanted to work for the UN and be a political peace officer ever since I was in the eighth grade. And then I took some policy, some international relations classes, and I was like, ooh, Okay. Uh-oh. Don't know if yeah. I like this as much. <laughs> what is this theory? Like theory, 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 yeah. everything's theory. Like what about problem solving? And mind you, that. I was taking freshman courses because I was a freshman. So I, of course you have to learn theory and the basics, but I was 17, 18 years old and I was like, okay, let's go with problem solving. Like <laughs> as if right. I even That's had a, the- We share that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm in like these master classes and I'm like, they, we're like talking about theories and theories and I'm like, there's issues going on now. Like, let's yes. figure out what's popping now. And like, I get so frustrated, but yeah, you're so right. Like, mm-hmm. we got to learn the basics. to learn the basics. Of that. Yes. And I just mm-hmm. like did not, that did not compute with me. And um, so then I was like, okay, let me go into science because I love math. I love chemistry. So I went to that. I was like, this is practical because you've solved the problem and then you have the answer and that's it. But I I want to still relate it to the outside world in like, um, mm. in like helping others. And they didn't have a public health degree at Wellesley. So I left for, for many reasons, but that was one of the big ones. I always kind of had that part of me, like, I want to go back to school. I want to get my bachelor's so that I can go into a, a master's program. And the pandemic happened. <laughs> it was a really challenging time because there were people who were going back to school 
And then, and I was one of those people who was not at that time in a position to go back to school because Mm -hmm. I already have, you know, loans from previous programs, even though, right, we Mm -hmm. finally had the time. (laughs) So it was just such a struggle because I was like, damn, this is, uh, I really want to do this. But I just, and I also like didn't have a stable home. Like I was, I moved back in with my parents. I was waiting to get back into my place in New York. I was like all over the place. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. Then when I finally got back to New York, um, I was working with a couple of people for um, the March on Broadway and I was working with Broadway for Racial Justice and I'd done some stuff Mm -hmm. in Florida with another organization, shout out to Claim Our Space, um, which they're (laughs) amazing. And I... The March on Broadway asked me to speak, and I was like, mm, "No, <laughs> um, and speak at the march because I'm very much like, yeah. a, you know, I love performing and I love theater and stuff, but like the one thing I don't like about it, which is so counterintuitive and sounds, I mean, if it sounds disingenuous, like whatever, but I don't like being watched, and." Mm. It's, I think it's really, it's tough when actors, you know, like when yeah, it's like you feel like the eyes on you. And that was a big thing mm-hmm. always in my life holding me back. I was very, I'm very mm. self-conscious. I don't like, I, that's why I like ensemble pieces and things that we can all <laughs> move at the same time and be together. And yeah. there's something very exposing about being watched. And I was able to sort of get mm. over that in theater because you're saying someone else's words. But when you mm-hmm. write something and you speak to a group of people and you're speaking on your experience and, and on your beliefs, that's extremely exposing. I felt like it resonated with a lot of people. That sort of is what started my like outward or like visible presence of like activism and advocacy in the theater industry because I was usually kind of behind the scenes. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot, 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Being where we come from, you know, being how we look like. Mm -hmm. What was that journey for you? I saw a future for myself, not as, not playing roles that are Afro-Latina. Because even now, people are creating roles and releasing breakdowns that are specific to the Afro-Latinx community. And before Mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, Hispanic, (laughs) Spanish, like all of this stuff. Right. And you... It was always, you know, Selena Gomez. It was always, yep. you know, the, the light, lighter skin, dark, dark hair, uh, type Vanessa mm-hmm. Hudgens type. And it was kind of the catch-all yeah. for every Latin role. Um, the things that mm. I did go in for when I was younger, um, you know, doing film and TV stuff in LA uh, or auditioning for stuff, it was always like the like pregnant teenager or the, and also more like um, black roles, like African-American roles. And which is fine, like, because I am black, but it's different. I grew up with a different upbringing and there are things Mm -hmm. that I relate to differently. There was no nuance in that, you know, Mm. Um, because there's culture, there are cultural differences. And not that I don't have a problem, you know, going in for these types of roles or having, you know, other people go in for like types of roles that I would go into. It's just when there are no choices, there's no variety. And so we're all going in for this one, you know, (laughs) ethnically ambiguous role. Just one, just one. (laughs) And that was, that was really frustrating. And so I'm so glad now that the the pool has really widened because there is more than just one. There's still so much room. There's so much more to go. I would be a fool not to notice the progress and not to just speak it out loud because people are working at this and they are trying to change it and they are actively making that change. And um, I think when we get caught up in the, you know, we need more. We need it right now. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, you forget about all of the progress that we made. My time in the industry so far that have been disappointing and it's happening fewer and fewer, like along the way, as people start learning more and just become a little bit less ignorant, knowing that things actually, what seems harmless to someone, you know, something like touching someone's hair, mm-hmm. it's not it's not harmless. It's where does that impulse come from? Why, you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, wow, your hair, your curly hair is so beautiful. But to Mm -hmm. immediately reach for it, it's like, what does that say about your, how much you respect that other person, your boundaries, like how you view that other person? 
going to go grabbing and touching things. People don't even really do that in the store. And that's the only time we do that, (laughs) right? When you're picking up objects, Mm -hmm. you're assessing their value and you're deciding whether you want it or not. And that's trying to get people to understand that that's how it feels when you just touch someone's hair like that and you reach for them without asking or without even just not doing it. Like (laughs) you can see with your eyes. So little things like that. It's not just about like, hair or an accent. It's about how you treat that other person because they look different from you or they sound different from you and whether or not you're making them feel like a person or like something in a zoo, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I'm a human being Mm -hmm. with feelings. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Exactly. Um, I think that's not, I'm seeing it too. You know, I'm seeing a little bit of like the think before you speak moment in people's eyes, Mm -hmm. especially like Zooming auditions (laughs) or their language now of like descriptions for certain roles. I remember going in for something and being like, oh, wow, they have like, there's three roles available for Afro-Latinas in this one show. What? Mm -hmm. They want three, not just one? So little things like that I've thought about is like, I hope this isn't a trend. You know, I hope this is something that truly begins to stick in our entertainment industry, but also in our Latino community. It's okay for me to be an American Dominican and like maybe not speak the best Spanish and have to work on something, you know, that's still a part of me. So yeah, I I hear you in like those changes. And I think people are opening their eyes a little bit and realizing that we are not all the same. Ashley, so you are a part of an incredible show called Hamilton right now, and we both understand the immense diversity in that show and what it means to be telling this story of the American Revolution and playing these iconic roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how are you seeing diversity on stage now? Um, yeah, I think it's 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 tricky because there are not a lot of shows that are open right now, and I think that Hamilton was one of the first um, like contemporary shows and to do this. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're like a leader right now in my eyes, diversity and, and equity and inclusion. I know that there are shows like Passover that are coming and just opened on Broadway. People are really taking this last, you know, year and a half in stride and running with it. And there are still people who are very resistant, but for the first time, we're not going against the current by saying, okay, let's be more inclusive. Let's cast diversely. It's actually going with the current. So the people who are set mm-hmm. in their ways, it's like more, more noticeable. And it, you know, you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, get been at, like, it's like the shame, like, just like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, this is so embarrassing for you. <laughs> um, yeah. because yeah. the resources are here now and yeah. no one can yeah. blame a lack of resource. No one can blame, um, ignorance or, oh, I just didn't know. Um, once we can get more shows out there, um, yeah. we'll really be able to see a mark of progress. And um, it's also not just what's going on on stage, but backstage. We have incredible people working behind the scenes and um, consulting us and consulting higher level management and the creative teams and going through you know, anti-racism training and making it a part of our sort of like curriculum in a way, like mm-hmm. going back to work and what it means to 
create a safe workplace. Everyone was talking about like a safe return to work and they were all focusing on COVID, COVID, COVID. Like our union equity was only focused on COVID. And he, in one of the meetings was like, we need to reframe what we mean when we say a safe return to work because a safe return for some people is not gonna be a safe return for other people. We need to talk about what is going on on stage, backstage, with management, among actors, and really make sure that people of color feel safe entering the workplace and feel safe to say, even just something that sounds as simple as, but you and I know from experience, um, because it's our life and and there's mm-hmm. so much that goes into, into it. But even something as can be seen small as saying, I don't feel comfortable with the way that this wig looks on my head. Yep. I do not feel beautiful. I'm wearing a textured wig and the people mm-hmm. that have the straight hair wigs, it always looks laid. It always looks beautiful. And you're putting yep. products in this wig that is not for the hair. And then you're also sending <laughs> me out on stage and I'm looking like Don King. Like, (laughs) I'm looking crazy. I look like a Pokemon. So yeah, (laughs) something like that, something that, you know, with other people, with white people that are like, what's the big deal? Like, it's just a wig. It's like, but hair, especially when you're on stage, like, you know, one wants to put a wig on and have it be a downgrade, right? Exactly. And when all the textured wigs, all the curly wigs, all the wigs that are worn, put on the black and brown people, at the end of the day, when when (laughs) those pictures where it's like, my my cousin's (laughs) like, I sent my daughter to school and like her hair is always like beautiful and it comes back. When they come back home. Yes. Like that's what we looked like going out on stage. And we have to play these parts. I feel that. And it's just unacceptable. And now being able to have someone, a consultant come in Mm, whose job it is and a professional and they're black too. And to say, Mm -hmm. so this is what we talk about when we talk, when we mean black hair, and this is what a microaggression is. And this is why it matters. (laughs) And we are going to teach you because it's not on the actor to teach you. It's not on the people who are Mm -hmm. marginalized and who are receiving the harm, whether it's intentional or not. It's not on us to teach you even though we do, mm-hmm. because it's for our right. benefit. We're hoping that you'll learn for our right. benefit. But I think like the, the stuff happening behind the scenes is going to, um, is going to be reflected on stage. Mm-hmm. I remember the fear that some of the actors of color had to even voice their opinion about that. And this was probably my last week of Anne Peggy, but uh, and I don't think I've told anybody this. <laughs> um, only the people who were in the room probably know. I was so fed up with people just talking behind, like kind of whispering mm-hmm. about it or just talking about the hair, like behind behind the supervisor's back. Mm-hmm. And I said something the last week where someone just asked me in the room if I liked my hair or like if something, and I just was like, well, it's just, it hasn't really been the same, you know, every time I come in, it's a little bit different or something along those lines. And I remember, um, this like feeling of like fear that I had, like for me, my throat Mm -hmm. tightens and I get like, and I'm about to like cry for no reason, but I just like felt this fear of like, I can't even say that I'm not comfortable 
with the wig right now Um, because maybe I'm going to come off too difficult, right? Or I'm going to come off as a problem Mm -hmm. or I'm going to come off as a diva. You ask me a question and I'm going to answer you honestly about how I feel. And and maybe also because I was leaving yeah. at the end of that week, some of that like ballsiness, I was like, you know what, I can I can stand up for this and say how I feel. I remember it not being like receptive. I remember somebody asking me, oh, well, like show me pictures. Like, what do you mean it hasn't been the same? Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, why are you trying to challenge me on something where I'm just answering honestly and like saying how I feel and what I wear the wig eight times a week. So I have to look at myself in the mirror. I have to feel, as you said, like beautiful. I have to feel like I can go out there and do my job Mm -hmm. to the full extent of not worrying if I look like a loca with this hair coming out. (laughs) Listen, I had the receipts. You know, I was like, listen, like it just hasn't, it just hasn't been the products, you know, the hair was falling out, hasn't been consistent. And I just remember feeling really good that I was being honest and I said my piece, but also like the person unfollowed me on Instagram. I was like, okay, sweetie, like you weren't ready for the truth or the conversation, but you shouldn't have asked me. And that's like a moment that I literally had to myself that I was like, I'm. if somebody asks me something, I'm not gonna run to the Skylar sister's room and talk about it when the door is closed. Like if they're genuinely asking me a question and I genuinely feel some something about it and honesty about it, why can't we feel comfortable to say something? As you said, our opinion of hair is so, especially in our community, Mm -hmm. you know, like hair is important, Mm -hmm. you know, like hair is a big, it's our crown. When I moved over to the Philip company, I remember our incredible um, hair supervisor for Philip, I recommended a um, Rizos. I recommended using this, yeah, using their products. And he was like, Oh my God. Yeah. We like loved it, loved it, loved it. Started sending it over to other companies. There was no combat. It was like, Oh my God, thank you for teaching me about this amazing product. Shout out to Rizos. Love you guys. (laughs) Um, It was just a moment of, Oh, you, you hear me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a moment that is very rare especially (laughs) pre-pandemic. And Hamilton has done a great job, you know, with your incredible group, um, Ham for Progress. And like, I know that you guys are doing the work behind closed doors and making things happen. So hair, so important. It's funny because, and then we can stop talking about hair, but um, knowing (laughs) like why it's important is sometimes really hard for people, especially people Mm. who are white, because this feeling and this tension and the everything that surrounds textured hair is all because it's based and rooted in colonialism and a proximity to whiteness. Yeah. The reason why yeah. there is such a stigma around textured hair is because in over 40 states, it is still legal to not hire <laughs> someone based off their hair. You know, like Mm -hmm. I can't go into an interview with my hair in braids or my hair natural in New York. And as an actor, it's different. But for traditional workspaces, you know, you see women taking their braids out, going to get a silk press, Mm -hmm. going to do because it's all on the in the like need to conform. So that's where it comes from. It's not just us saying, oh, don't touch my hair. Oh, you know, treat me the way that you're treating these other people or treat me better. That's what people hear. Treat me better. No, my hair takes a little bit more work Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to put the work in because 
<laughs> if if I don't, like, then you won't either. Yeah. And exactly. And the reason why people don't know about these products and they don't put the time and the attention in is because, you know, straight hair, white hair, uh, Asian hair, that's the default because that's the closest mm-hmm. to what to white European. But then you see these people curling their hair and doing all these things and getting mm-hmm. braids. And then it's cool and it's nice and it's trendy. And yep. for us, it's never cool or nice or trendy. Like it's always seen as a problem. It's seen as unprofessional. That resistance, a lot of it was coming from, what's the big deal? I'm not a racist. Right. I just didn't know, like, what's the big deal? And it's like, it's rooted mm-hmm. in white supremacy. It's rooted in racist practices. Whether or not you're choosing to participate in them or not, your abhorrence of it to learn, that is continuing to perpetuate racism and white supremacy, which is why I'm coming here to come check you and let you know, because I know your heart. I know your, you know, so I'm trying to help you. (laughs) I'm trying to help you. (laughs) Like Exactly. I don't think they realize either And it's exactly what you said, the work that we have to put in on it, not only the work, but the thought. Like every time I do an audition, like I have to think about my hair. There was this description I got this past week and it it was for um, doctor thing. I had a whole PTSD moment. It said, please make sure your hair is neat. Mm -hmm. And something about it like landed I, w- I kid you not, Ashley, I was doing my hair for 45 minutes, an hour and a half, trying to figure out what is neat. They mean slicked back in a bun. They mean slicked back in a yes. bun. Don't show us that mm-hmm. you got any curls or something. Yep. And you know what I did? I got so frustrated. I just was like, whatever. I'm going to wear my hair curly. This is neat to me. Mm-hmm. If, I, if this is not your version of what you want, then I'm not the person that you want for this job. Right. And I'm trying to like recondition my brain, this version of what they want to see us as and being like, actually, no, like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Either you could take that or you could get yeah. the carajo entonces, right. like bye. Pa fuera. No, it's all good. <laughs> pa fuera. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. 
Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So... Ashley, I'm curious to the young performers out there, to the people who are watching your journey, watching you, you know, kill it in the activism game, kill it on the stage game, kill it on soon to be TV film and all the other amazing talents that you have chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What would you say to the young people who want to do what you do, mm. you know, the impact that you have and that you are continuing to have, what would you say to them um, if they want to go down the same path? Um, I would say once you realize and know that your path is your own, that's when you can allow yourself to take up space. Because mm. I remember in college, one of my professors said to me, um, we just did this Romeo, not Romeo and Juliet, the Shakespeare scene. And um, I was playing one of the men. And it was the first time that I really allowed myself to be watched and by other people and not watch myself. It was the first time where I felt like, where I didn't notice that I was being watched. Um, and I was still getting <laughs> over that stage fright thing. And so I was, I had the freedom to finally make choices and not just move in like, okay, what's the right choice? What should I do here? Like in this scene, you know? And afterwards he like, we had a, like a meeting, a student teacher meeting. And he told me, he's like, you need to, and he's like, I don't say this to everyone, but you need to take up more space. You need to do what Mm. you did today, every single day. And I think, and that made me cry (laughs) because yeah, I'm so used to making myself fit in other spaces so that kind of going back to what you said to make us more agreeable so that we're not seen as a problem Mm. or as a diva. (laughs) The reason why people like us shrink is because there are other people who grow and make themselves bigger and take up too much Mm. space in other lanes, right? So find your lane, stay in your path, and then you're able to really, really bloom and blossom in that um, without having to sort of crush someone else, right? Because there is space for everyone. There's enough room for all of us. And that's something I really learned um, this last year and a half. There is room for everybody here. And it's a little, the growing pains are uncomfortable and they're difficult and they're (laughs) uncomfortable, not just for white people, you know, they're uncomfortable for us too. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's about finding that balance between advocating for yourself and sticking up for yourself and not letting these feelings of past trauma and hurt turn into vengeance, you know, leading with that love and that care and saying, I know that you may have messed up and you've done me wrong, but 
we can either work through this or we can part and be our separate ways, but I'm not going to try and make you feel how you made me feel. We're not trying to flip right. the script and be the oppressors. We have the space, we have the facilities, we have the resources to really um, take ownership of this moment and of our faults within this, within this moment and this movement, because it's going to keep moving. Right. So that would be my advice, you know, find your path and take up space in your path. Take that space, all of it. <laughs> um, Ashley, how can we continue following you, following your journey? Um, how, do, how do we keep up with you? Yeah, I'm on the socials. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Ash Della Rosa. Um, I have a website, www.ashleydelarosa. Um, check out Broadway for Racial Justice and claim our space now. Well, I'm always keeping an eye on you. I'm always <laughs> keeping an eye on what you're doing. Every time I'm on the social, there's something else popping up with Ashley. Um, her incredible talents are on there as well. Highly recommend to follow. Ashley de la Rosa, thank you so much for taking the time uh, with us today. It's so good to hear your voice. It's been so long and I can't wait to catch up with you again. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I truly loved having this conversation with Ashley about taking your space, claiming your space, removing the fear of speaking up for yourself and finding your voice. How are you going to keep moving forward in your lives and moving in this kind of way? I think it's so important and so inspirational to hear how Ashley has been able to navigate herself in the entertainment industry and through her life. This is Darilin Castillo, your host on Morenita. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me, for listening, and te veo. Morenita is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.